0: torres texas longhorn fan native austinite admissions counselor and your host with the most and this is texas 512 And welcome to another episode of Texas 512 I am Sam Torres your host with the most today um, I'm very excited to uh, be speaking to somebody um, from a really great organization here on campus um, I'm not gonna go too much into detail um, about it because I want them to tell us a little bit more about what that organization is and who they are so um, I'm gonna stop talking I'm gonna go ahead and allow Annabella to introduce herself and let us know who is she and what she does here at UT Austin.
1: Yeah. Hi, Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I think this is my first official podcast recording, so I'm super excited to be able to do it on this platform and through UT, Um, but as mentioned, my name is Annabella. Um, I currently am one of the co-founders and directors of Lily, which stands for uh, Latina and Indigenous Leadership Institute, Um, and it's an organization that was founded in UT. Um, and we only have a semester under our belt, so we're brand new and, um, excited to learn or hear y'all, um, more about what we do.
0: Wait, really? Just one semester? Like, wow. I didn't realize that was so brand new.
1: Yeah, yeah. We barely put in the proposal like this time uh, last year in the spring and it was accepted, thankfully. And then in the fall semester, our programming began.
0: (laughs) What does that process look like, like for starting an organization, since it's so brand new, I figured I'd ask.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm sure everyone is different, um, but since Lily is under DDCE, um, it was cu- it was a pretty simple process. Um, we put a proposal together um, and submitted it to uh, the vice president of DDCE at the time. We had you know our stats and our figures and the reasons why, um, and in the proposal, you know, gave a presentation and got approval. Honestly, it was thankfully like not a really intense process um it may be different in other um departments but here it was like super simple
0: Cool. And the reason I ask is because a lot of times whenever, you know, we're out recruiting and, and talking to students, we all we always like to talk about how many student organizations we have on campus, but we also like to talk about the fact that if there isn't something that you are particularly like passionate about here at UT Austin, that you like, if you haven't found that group yet, that you can usually establish that. So I kind of wanted to get a better idea of how that looks like in terms of like how it, one of our students could possibly even start their own organization. If it came down to that. Um, well, listen, so, um, we're going to go ahead and go to a really quick break um, in, in the beginning uh, before we get into our questions. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to go ahead and start off with some fun questions just to get us warm up. So, uh, don't leave. We'll be right back.
1: This is Annabella, and you're listening to Texas 512 with Sam Torres.
0: We're back So a very common trend uh, that's been going on on this podcast is that we tend to talk about 2 things. And so um, (laughs) we talk about food and we talk about music a lot on this podcast. And so I figured I'd start off with with the food part first. Um, So I I think it's appropriate because we're still in the month of January right now. And last last month was, of course, December. And December, as many people know, is like a Latinx person's uh, heaven when it comes to food. I know Definitely is in my uh, household and so I wanted to ask you you know what did y'all have for the holidays and if this year looked a little bit different because of the pandemic you know what is y'all's usual food tra- tradition for the holidays
1: yeah oh I love this question so much I'm really glad you asked it um okay so traditionally I so I grew up in a very uh, dominant Mexican like household um, but very unstereotypically, um, none of, none of my family, like, enjoys cooking. Oh. Um, <laughs> which is really funny because, um, we're, like, every time for the holidays we're for big gatherings, you know, we, like, eat out and stuff. Um, but one year I had kind of decided, I was, like, I don't want to eat out anymore. Um, my aunt had kind of brought, I think for, it was Thanksgiving, she had kind of brought over, um, like, some frozen, like, Um, uh, to go things ahead of time. And I was like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) So one year I decided to um, do all of the fixings for that year for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. So traditionally, I'm actually the one that does all the food making. Um, And so I uh, get to choose what I want to if I want to eat something different that year, I get to choose what I want to eat. Um, So for Christmas, it's been a lot of pozole. Um, That is uh, really been the staple. Um, And I know everywhere eats it very differently. You know, there's, uh, at least in my family, a lot of debate about bread versus tortillas and which one is better. to be dipping your pozole in or even how you've fixed the pozole. Um, And this year we decided to try to make green pozole, um, which is very, very different than red. It is so much more complicated, very different. The first time I made it, I like broke three blenders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was I think that is definitely the staple is pozole.
0: Pozole. Yeah, that's actually one of the ones that we do throughout the month because we we tend to do a, a lot of different things in December. Um, of course, we always have tamales, always. Every single December we have tamales. Um, however, it does tend to change like year to year. Sometimes it'll be the corn husk ones. Sometimes it'll be the banana leaf ones. Really just depends on who's in charge of it that year. If it's my aunt, it's usually corn husk. If it's my mom, it's usually uh, banana leaf. Um, for Thanksgiving, you know, it's so funny that like, Uh, A a lot of times people ask me, you know, like, oh, did y'all have like turkey and all that? So I'm like, no, (laughs) we don't do that in a Mexican household. We really don't. We end up making pozole um, usually for Thanksgiving or we'll do uh, or, or, or we'll have like a cookout. So we'll do like a carne asada outside or something like that. But we almost never traditionally do like the regular thanksgiving meal. So it's it's funny to hear that from somebody else as well.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that all sounds really really good too. Um the carne asada and and the tamales, the fact that you all can like do the banana leaves or the corn I'm impressed whoever does the banana leaves. It's been I don't know, years since I've had the banana leaf version.
0: Yeah. And I think that's more of like a, like Southern Mexican thing, um, because my mom, she grew up in, in, um, Guerrero. And so that's why she, she does them the way that she does. And, uh, my, my aunt is also from there as well, but she kind of lived in like the Northern side of Mexico for a while. So I guess she kind of adapted to that and that's why she does the corn husk one. So, um, now I want to move on to, to music. As I mentioned, we also like to talk about music here as well. And, um, I want. To ask you uh, who some of your favorite uh, Latino Latinx artists are, um, and I've already got a couple in my head, but you know, I just wanted to go ahead and ask you and see what, what you thought.
1: Yeah, Oof. okay, I mean, it really depends what kind of mood I'm in all, all the time, but if I think at the very top of my list at pretty much any time I can go for is, I would say Shakira. Um, I think I just grew up on her like from her first album. I, I was there through all her hair transitions from dark to blonde. Um, so definitely, definitely. And I think I also just growing up on uh, on the American side, kind of J. Lo also, okay. um, I would say those are the top two. And then if I'm like in the mood for some dancing, you know, like some Elvis Crespo or um, Let's see some Celia Cruz like okay, those yeah. are my top 2 for to go for dancing like yeah definitely salsa dancing
0: Was it last year that Shakira did the Super Bowl did you did you watch that or do you do you watch the Super Bowl
1: You know what I think it was 2 years ago cuz her her yeah I think so right cuz of the Super Bowl Yes. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't remember anymore. But yes, her, Shakira and J-Lo did the Super Bowl together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was because you mentioned Shakira and j I, I was trying to remember if j was at that Super Bowl as well. Um, but OK. But anyways, so I, when it comes to Latino artists, like, are you are you into like the, you know, today's like kind of. Like like reggaeton. Is there anybody that like you know you listen to? I like to mention reggaeton. I like l- reggaeton, but you know I know that there's some controversy with that sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of reggaeton, I I don't know if I would. I don't think I know any like current reggaeton. Like mm-hmm. I think of, um, or maybe even just the one song, the the gasolina. I think that's <laughs> the only one that I remember, Iconic. honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and beyond that one. I don't know. I guess I'm not up to date. I'm not hip anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's totally okay. I mean, if you, um, if you remember Gasolina, Daddy Yankee, um, he's actually still around. So, uh, I mean, you're still kind of up to date. <laughs> just a bit of an older song, but not yeah. a problem at all. So, um, the last fun question that I have for you today, well, all the questions are fun, right? But the, the theme of this is, you know, like the, you know, the, the up questions. Right. So, um, as a kid, I would occasionally, um, well, let me, let me preface it by saying that, like, I, I was a big cartoon watcher as a kid and I didn't, I didn't like to watch anything besides cartoons. Like, um, you know, always put it on the channels that I wanted. I don't want to watch anything else. If it, if it is a real person, I don't want to watch it, right? But occasionally I would kind of get sucked into what my mom was watching. And a lot of times it was either Primer Impacto or her novelas, right? Um, so admittedly, it kind of became a guilty pleasure to watch some of those novelas. Um, and I wanted to ask you if you maybe had like a favorite novela that you've watched in the past or if, if you're keeping up with any of them today like that you're watching or anything like that. But yeah, do do you have any?
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so it was really weird because I think my grandma said she didn't like novelas and then would watch them. (laughs) And then my mom, she didn't watch novelas um, at all. So it was like a weird it was like a depending if you if I was like with my grandma alone and she was like, you know, she'll subtly admit to it. We'll watch them. I don't remember the ones growing up. And I was just having a conversation with my friends about this, about like yep. catching up on some good novelas and which ones I sh- it should be on my list. Cause I feel like I enjoy, I enjoy like watching them and I think Netflix too has started to like really get into it, um, into incorporating some really good ones. And so I've gotten a lot of recommendations. I think the one that I remember or the closest one, um, or I guess Betty La Fea was like a really, it was uh, a really popular one back then. That one I do remember. Um, but I want to say that like a modern uh, Netflix that I think even I got my husband into, uh, I would call it novella is Jane the Virgin because it's like a novella making fun of novelas. if you haven't seen it before. It's so good. Like they go over the top and they know they're going over the top. It's, it's really, really brilliant, honestly.
0: I have to check that out. I had heard a lot about Jane the Virgin. I mean, it, it just like hearing the name like tossed around, but I never knew that that was the concept behind it was making fun of Novelas. I, like, I will have to check that out then. And it's it's so funny that you um, mentioned Um, Betty La Fea right is that like yesterday I was I was writing up this episode and I was thinking like what to ask and then I started thinking about novelas and then I remember my favorite one growing up was um, the Mexican rendition of that so because it it originally started as a Colombian show and then Mm -hmm. they made it in in Mexico um, La Vea Mas Fea and then now there's also an American rendition of it as well Um, which is kind of fun. That's how popular it was. Um, yeah, yeah. that's the one that like always like is, is the most memorable one. I obviously watched a couple of them with my mom, but like, I can't remember them as much um, today except for that one. That one always like uh, sits in my mind and I kind of want to rewatch it. So, but no, yeah, it's true. Even Netflix is starting to dive into that. And I think that's really cool. So I'm going to have to start checking that out as well. Um, Well, um, great conversation so far, but we're going to go ahead and go into a quick break. And whenever we come back, we're actually going to go ahead and talk about um, the organization that you have founded. So um, don't go away, y'all. We will be right back. And we're back. So I wanted to start things off. Of course, the theme of this episode is um, about your organization, the Latina, Latinx and Indigenous Leadership Institute, also known as Lilly. Um, and so I wanted to kind of pick your brain and see what what prompted y'all to establish this organization? What motivated you to do that? Um, and of course, to dive a little bit deeper in the organization itself and tell us about like, you know, what y'all do and what resources do you offer to your members?
1: Yeah. Um so Lily Lily has been something that I have been wanting to do since I, I think, I don't know, it, it, a brainchild that I've had forever. And then when I started this job, so in my previous job, I was working in a nonprofit also with Latinas um, and their mothers towards higher education. And then when I came into the education field um, and started working immediately in DDCE and noticed that there were other similar programming, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And this is great. Um, but I always noticed that there was like a lack um, of like specifically for Latinx Um um, especially for women, and um, and the reason I guess the motivation really a lot behind it is that I um, I came to UT um, as an undergrad, um, and I came from El Paso, um, predominantly like Latino, like city, like I I don't remember there's that many other races or ethnicities growing up. So when I came to Austin, it was a huge, huge culture shock for me. Um, like I was, I was super homesick. Um, I feel like I couldn't connect with people cause nobody understood what I was saying. Um, and I was just like really feeling alone throughout this process. Um, and El Paso is like nine hours away. So it's not like I could just go home for the weekend, right? Like it was like Dallas or Houston. Um, and so, uh, throughout this process, and while in undergrad, I think I was thankful that I was able to find my people, um, and that was it was with authority, with another um, in Greek life that other had uh, Latinos in that, and I think that's how I was able to like really get through undergrad is finding my people. Um, but in, in doing that process, I was like, well, th- there should be more intentionality behind this, right? Like there should be a, an organization dedicated so that other people don't feel alone and lost. And like they can't find a place home if, if they were in situations similar to mine. Um, and I co- you know, I mentioned earlier that I co-founded this organization with um, another. Um, and her name is Mika, and she had a really... Um, similar story um, when we because she has been in UT for about two years now. um, And when we started talking about her experiences, she had a very similar story about, you know, growing up in San Antonio and then being culture shocked and really having to find her own footing and really not wanting that experience for anybody else. Right. Um, Wanting to make sure that people can find a place they call home. Right. Um, And so um, that's really the foundation for how Lily got started. Um, and we, our pillars are just uh, one of the, we say is about family, like, and that's um, uh, from a personal level to professional development level, right? Um, a lot of our programming is centered on growing as an individual and um, really discovering who you are, because I think that's what college is, is all about. And it's it's a great process and it's a great privilege to be able to discover um, your identity and your your personality, and you're away from home for the first time, and not being influenced by by uh, parents in a way, you're you're forming maybe for the first time some of your own ideas. Um, And so a lot of our programming, um, even centers about, um, especially in the Latino household, some of those boundaries, right? Right. (laughs) Like you want your, your mom and your tia and the whole family knows all of what's going on. And, um, and that's good. And that's what we love about our family that they're so invested, but sometimes when we need our space or we need our alone time, you know, like having that boundary there. So having those conversations, like how to have healthy boundaries with family members or, um, we, we have indigenous as part of our name and that's really, really on purposeful because I think we forget that that is where we come from. And especially me, um, I am part Mayan. My grandpa was full on Mayan, like that was his first language. Um, and so really wanting to get back to our roots and our ancestry and not forgetting about it, like it's a part of our past, but really it's a part of our present and indigeneity is still pretty much alive and well. Um, so, you know, we had a couple of sessions last semester, too, talking about like um, indigeneity and like our ancestry and how we can get come back, kind of get connected back to our roots as well. Um, so like, I guess that's a summation of, you know, how we got started. And um, and in terms of resources, it, it really ranges, but depending on what students want, right? Um, we like to say that um, it can go as far as um, uh, finding scholarships um, to professional development opportunities. Um, we recently started like a data bank for internships and jobs. Um, and so really almost from, um, I don't know, it, it, like a wide range of things. Those are the the top two that I can think of um, that are like the most like skills, right, that you can, um, that we have going presently. And then we're Hoping to also start a mentorship program um, hopefully soon. So, those are kind of some of the things that are coming forward through
0: Lily. That sounds fantastic. And so you kind of started to mention this a little bit um, right there that, you know, you, you came from El Paso and I, I had read your bio prior to this, and this is why I wanted to kind of ask this question as well. That, that is a pretty big um, transition going from, from El Paso to Austin. It is a completely different landscape. Um, you know, that's something that's very unique about Texas is it's so big that like the cultures are so different, um, you know, city to city. Yeah. Right. And so I, I wanted to ask you if you could just a a little bit more if you could tell us a little bit more about how that that went you know you kind of started to say it a little bit but I don't know if you wanted to go into more detail as far as how that transition was in terms of like you know you freshman you like how that was stepping on the campus the first time and navigating um this scary new landscape
1: yeah um so I should also say that I'm a first gen Mm-hmm. Um, student and so having nobody in my family ever been to college before, I didn't even have that like expectation of what it means to be in college, right? Like you it's more about like what your counselors in high school tell you and they always tell you the scary like you make sure you have to do everything on time or your your college professors are not gonna give you a break. Right. Um and and I mean, even thinking like how to navigate, I remember like there was one day where I was trying to figure out how to get to classes and to like not even have, or like not even knowing where to go to like find a map, as weird as that sounds like, um, or not knowing who to ask sometimes as well. Like I remember that was like, I remember having to like pull up Google Maps in the moment and be like trying to find, you know, um, the social work building to the RLM, to the tower, like this lingo even in itself was like, so new to me and was like overwhelming as a freshman Um, but I think culturally too that I mean even something as simple as the food um, I was like trying to figure out what it all means Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I'm just so used to my tamales my like like we were talking about earlier Um, and so just trying to navigate all of these new words at the same time um, and I realized, and this happens every single time I go home, which I think is so funny that I, El Pasoans, and I don't know if anybody else who's listening has, uh, isn't from El Paso, but we have an accent. <laughs> we have a very distinguished, like, and it's not like a Spanish accent. It's a very unique and I noticed that like that has even faded over time, that like the way that I spoke in my enunciation was just so different than everyone else. And at the time, like I and who's thankfully now my husband, um, but he was uh, thinking about stories. Right. And thinking even about those microaggressions and people having making assumptions about you, too, Um The one story I remember was like at orientation, we were, um, where they kind of ask you, um, questions and he was uh, living at the dorm at the time. And we were talking about how I think they asked you, like, if there's anybody in the room who, um... Who doesn't have uh, documentation, um, please let us know because it's kind of you need to fill out a separate form. Mm. And the room kind of went really quiet. And everybody just kind of started staring at everybody else or started staring at him specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, aren't you going to speak up and say something? And we we're just like, you know, like, it's a little like those little microaggressions, those little assumptions that kind of makes you feel unwelcomed within that in itself. Um, and so really, Wanting to mitigate all of that, like, you know, right. That's why um, Lily got started. We want to make sure you don't feel that way, uh, making sure that you um, other people are understanding of your situation. If you need to find like a map, um, we can point you in the right direction. You have somebody who can ask you that. Um, but yeah, definitely a huge culture shock that, that first semester.
0: Right, and that that really is such a beautiful thing what y'all have going on because, you know, I in our presentations, we always like to mention the fact that there's a, a sense of community at UT Austin and then there's smaller communities within that, right? Um, it's such a big campus and it can be really intimidating for some, whether it's somebody that's coming from a small town, whether it's somebody that's coming from a town that's far, far away from Austin, Um, it it can be a really intimidating experience. And so um, I'm glad to hear a a little bit firsthand about those organizations that are there to help, you know, mitigate a little bit more of that, uh, you know, how scary it is to to come into like a big university like that. But Mm -hmm. um, kind of in in that subject, the last question that I have for you is, what is one piece of advice that you would give a young Latina, Latinx or indigenous student who is about to transition into college?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I feel like I get this question all the time and I don't know why I'm stumped every single time about it. Um and I you know I think I know what it is that it, it's it's difficult cuz like especially in 2020 Um, I feel like my, my advice is kind of shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the past, I would say, make sure you find, um, like in this whole process, like, don't be afraid. I think Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to go to office hours. Um, And I don't take that lightly, right? Like it's not easy to go into office hours when you don't know you've never, you've never been taught the process of how to approach someone for the first time that you don't know. I think that in itself, nobody's teaching, at least nobody taught me anyways, like to how to approach. And especially in the Latino culture where like approaching your elders is such a, like a big deal, right? It's like, uh, you, you're super respectable and it's like, it's really intimidating and that in itself. Um, so my... Um, in the past, it has definitely been "don't be afraid," but now as we are transitioning into 2020, and I think I would I would say just like um, take care of yourself. Um, I think when you're coming into if you're coming alone to campus for the first time and don't really know anyone, um, making sure to find who your people are because they'll they'll really get um, get you through it throughout this entire year and your your entire four years. Um, so finding out who your people are throughout this process. Um I think yeah they'll they'll make the biggest difference.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, we've pretty much come to the end of the podcast. And at this time, I usually ask my guests to plug anything that they want. It can be UT related. I already feel like it'll probably be the organization, but um, you are free to really plug in anything that you want. This is an opportunity for our students, our listeners to um, learn a bit, a little bit more about your personality, as well as what's offered here at UT Austin. So the floor is yours.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, if I haven't said Lily enough <laughs> throughout this entire podcast, definitely, you know, go ahead and check us out. Um, we have a website and we're on Instagram, uh, Lily U Texas. Um, and I think uh, if we're talking about things that I'm currently involved in um, or have has been a big impact in my life, I mentioned earlier that I am um, prior to this work, I was working at a nonprofit with Con Mi Madre and, um, So they're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for support as well. Um, They support K through 12 um, students um, and their mothers. Um, The uh, the mother part is like an acronym, acronym, excuse me. Um, So it stands for Mothers and Daughters Raising Expectations. Um, So they're a great organization. Um, If you uh, are shopping on Amazon and you're like, well, I can't really give a donation. You can go there are connected through SMILE. Um, through the smile amazon so every purchase you make they'll get a re- uh, receive a donation from amazon as well um so i know there's a lot of people who are receiving a lot of deliveries lately uh, or were i guess maybe in the past of the holidays um and then i'm a really avid book reader and um a huge book that has made an impact in my life in terms of resources um and and thinking about speaking up and not being afraid is this book called uh um, I should mention, hold on, I should mention that I am a huge introvert. Um, so I have, that has been my life, right? And I have proudly, thankfully to this book, if there's anybody else out there, have kind of accepted that this is a um, a positive thing. I think when we think about introversion, we think about like shy and we think about like not really connecting. And I think that's a whole myth. And so this book... Um, it it really made an impact oh my gosh I'm gonna forget it of course right now but um uh, being an introvert taking advantage of introversion in an extroverted world um so those I think in terms of what has made an impact and resources that maybe potentially could help others um those are those are the big three for me.
0: Awesome. Annabella, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have a conversation with me and to tell us a little bit more about Lily. Um, That is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And we really hope that you'll join us for the next episode. This has been Texas 512. I'm Sam Torres, your host with the most. Stay cool, stay hydrated and hook them horns.